we have to target all emissions to solve this problem of climate change. And if we, and super high tech engineering solutions are really important and, and they're part of the portfolio of solutions that we're gonna need, but solutions that are a little more simple have more potential to be implemented fast and we need solutions fast for these problems. Welcome to Growing Impact, a podcast by the Institutes of Energy and the Environment at Penn State. Growing Impact explores cutting-edge projects of researchers and scientists who are solving some of the world's most challenging energy and environmental issues. Each project has been funded through an innovative seed grant program that is facilitated through IEE. I'm your host, Kevin Slyman. On this episode of Growing Impact, I speak with Juliana Vasco-Korea, an assistant professor of agricultural and biological engineering at Penn State. Our conversation looks at her project titled Methane Emissions Mitigation and Carbon Capture with Biofiltration. What do you do when the traditional method of eliminating methane, flaring, does not work? For airstreams that have a low percentage of methane, such as emissions from dairy barns, there needs to be another solution. Juliana describes how she and her colleagues are designing and building biofilters that can convert methane into carbon dioxide and then capture that CO2. Thank you for being here and welcome to Growing Impact, Juliana. Thank you very much, Kevin, for inviting me. Happy to be here. Can you just provide an overview of the project and give us uh, just a flavor of what it is that you're working on? Yes, absolutely. So what we're trying to develop is um, biofilters for um, air streams that have methane. So methane uh, is a greenhouse gas that is very potent. So what we're trying to do is to use um, these biofilters that are like these big columns packed with um, a support material and that have bacteria on it. Okay. And the bacteria are able to mitigate uh, this methane, to basically eat the methane um, that is in the air and reduce the impact. Let's discuss methane. So what is, where is methane primarily coming from and how is it damaging? Yes, well, methane is actually the second largest contributor to climate change after carbon dioxide. And um, it comes mainly from what we call enteric emissions. So emissions from ruminants, from mostly cows and other animals like that. Mm-hmm. that produce it uh, in their stomach because they have bacteria on it. So they have these certain bacteria that ferment the feed inside the, their stomach and produces methane. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the main source. But actually, even though it's the main source, it's only about 17% of the total methane emissions. And that's the key with methane, that it is very distributed. So it also comes from dams, from rice paddies, from leaks in pipelines, from coal mining. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very distributed and um, it's very diluted. So most of the airstreams that are around that have methane have a very low concentration of methane. So actually capturing and doing something productive with it is very difficult. So if the methane, for example, is in a concentration higher than 5%, we could just burn it. We could just flare it. And uh, if we flare it, it's not an ideal solution, but it converts it from methane into carbon dioxide, which everyone will think, well, that's 
not good. Carbon dioxide <laughs> is not good. But actually, methane has um, carbon, uh, a global warming potential of about 36 times more than carbon dioxide. Okay. So it's way worse for the environment. So if we convert it into um, carbon dioxide, we're able to reduce the impact in global warming by more than 30 times. So, so fluoride works. The problem is the most um, streams with methane have less than 5% methane concentration. And if it's that diluted, then it just doesn't burn. So we cannot fluoride. So those are the streams that we're targeting, the ones that are very diluted, very distributed, and then we're thinking, well, those, we can um, fix them with the biofiltration. All right. And so we can't flare the methane that's coming out of cows on my guesses, right? Exactly. That probably, the cows would probably not appreciate that. <laughs> they will not. But of course, we will not go directly to the cow, but take the air, like, for example, out of a barn in a dairy right. farm. <laughs> but that, if we try to flare it, it will not flare. It's very, very, it's less than 1% usually. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. So even though cows account for a large amount, it's still a diluted, it would still be a, such a diluted amount. Yes. It would not work. Okay. Are there emissions? Are there other emissions that this project is focusing on? Are there any others that you're looking at? Yes. So precisely CO2. So what we're trying to do with these biofilters is something very similar to what will happen in the flaring. It's convert the methane into CO2. But instead of doing it by combustion, like in the flare, because it just doesn't happen, the bacteria do it. So the bacteria are able to eat the methane and then they produce carbon dioxide. Let's actually talk about biofiltration and how it works. Biofiltration, um, then what we're trying to do is to create these um, big biofilters. There will be like these columns that are packed with a material where the bacteria grows, but also that are, is able to capture the carbon dioxide. So um, we will take the air out of these um, places where um, there's the emissions, for example, a barn from a dairy um, farm, and then pass the air through the biofilter. And then the bacteria that is in there is a special kind of bacteria. We call them methanotrophs that are able to eat methane and produce CO2. And then um, hopefully this CO2 will get absorbed and capture inside the biofilter because of the material. So the material is something um, very common. It's a, it will be a, it's a mixture of materials, mostly organic materials, compost, and we're gonna uh, try some uh, residues from the forestry industry like sawdust, mm -hmm. and then do some treatment to it so it can actually capture uh, the carbon. So when you look at your project, what are you hoping it will achieve? Well, this um, one-year project and, and, and this short term, what we're hoping is to develop a pilot system in the lab to be able to test some of our theories. So we are um, doing a lot of engineering design with our students, um, building the systems uh, in the lab. In, in building all the controls so we can test a lot of our theories. And we're also focusing on two goals of the engineering of the biofilter, the microbes and the material. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to engineer the microbial communities, the bacteria, the bacteria that, are, that is inside the filter, 
there will be several types and we're trying to engineer in a, engineer them in a way that they're stable and they work together to achieve the maximum amount of uh, methane oxidation or methane mitigation. So that is one goal. And the second one is the materials part that, as I said, is making these materials that are functional and are able to be a good support for the microbial communities, for the bacteria, but also capture carbon. All right. This is exciting. It seems it's such a and don't get me wrong, I'm sure the, the work behind the scenes in the lab and getting that all all figured out. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that it's simple or, you know, like, oh, of course, yeah. but it's, it's it such is. a simple concept, right? It's a, it it's a filtration. We've, we've been using filters, but this really cool idea of adding these microbes that can eat methane and maybe then the material can actually capture the carbon. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really cool. I think if it's simple, it has it's more likely to work. Mm-hmm. So I, I find it as a compliment if you think it's simple. Plus, I do um, think um, for a solution like this, when we're talking about emissions that are quite diluted, that it are, um, we have to target all emissions to solve this problem of climate change. And if we, and super high tech engineering solutions are really important. <laughs> And in the part of the portfolio of solutions that we're going to need, but solutions that are a little more simple have more potential to be implemented fast. And we need solutions fast for this problem. So I think that's how I see it. And yeah. for a simple solution like this, yes. Well, that's really well, I, that's well put. So I, I, and I appreciate that perspective. All right. So you were talking about your lab and you're going to have students and others helping Yes. Uh, could you talk about the um, how a project like this would benefit from or does benefit from an inter- interdisciplinary team? Yes, absolutely. We do have a fantastic interdisciplinary team and have been working on this project um, for and some months now. And I'm a bioprocess engineer and, and that is the main goal of this project. So that's why I'm leading the team. But we also work um, with um, our other two professors, Dr. Marian Bruns, that is a soil microbiologist. So she's helping us in all the microbial part and try to um, figure it out which how to get the best microbial community uh, composition in a natural way, you know, in a super sophisticated uh, synthetic biology way, which would be great, but maybe not so stable, mm-hmm. but in a more natural way, trying to use the natural systems and develop the microbial community out of what already exists in nature. And then uh, Dr. Lauren Greenlee from Chemical Engineering that is um, helping us with the functionalizing of the materials. So she knows a lot about these materials and and she had the idea of this carbon capture uh, as part of the biofilter. So um, we've been working um, with a group of students from um, different disciplines from biological engineering to bio-renewable systems, and actually also students from engineering design helping us actually design and build the biofilter. Do you have any next steps or um, future plans that you can talk about at this point? Yes, yes, we actually do. We've been thinking on on another, uh, and it's actually related to one of the questions you ask about other emissions. We've been thinking about the the 
third main emission from um, greenhouse gases that is nitrous oxide. So actually from the emissions from agriculture, nitrous oxide tends to be the most important one. So nitrous oxide is way more potent than even methane. It's about 300 times more um, potent in global warming potential than CO2. And the thing is, most people that are that have tried to study biofilters have not measured nitrous oxide at all. And what we think is there might be a risk that in, under some conditions in these biofilters, they might be production of nitrous oxide. And if that happens, all the benefits that we will have um, will just get eliminated because even if we produce just a little bit of this gas, since it's so potent, mm -hmm. it will be a big problem. But it also seems that there's the possibility that if there's a little bit of nitrous oxide coming in the um, stream going into the biofilter, like for example, coming from a barn, that it actually could be also mitigated. So we want our next step after we figured out the basis of these biofilters is to figure out more detailed dynamics of all these other greenhouse gases. And when would they be produced to, for us to then try to avoid those conditions? And when, and if we can mitigate those other additional greenhouse gases. Juliana, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing about your project. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure. And, and hopefully um, people are interested in our project. And if anyone wants to collaborate with us, we're, we'll be happy to hear from you. You've been listening to Growing Impact, a podcast by the Institutes of Energy and the Environment at Penn State. I've been your host, Kevin Slyman. This has been Season 2, Episode 5. Thank you for listening. <laughs>